podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow, and that, of course, was my friend, Bobby Mackey. Visitation dreams. Know what that is? Ever hear of them? It's a special phenomenon that has to do with loved ones who have passed on, but visit us while we are in a deep or not-so-deep slumber. Dreams. We all have them, right? I mean, some are blurry, the details are not so much there, right? Visitation dreams. They are so vivid, extremely lucid, so real, so memorable. Remembering every second, I have had dreams where my friends and family who are no longer here come to visit me, sending me a special message or just letting me know that they're okay. Some of these dreams occurred several years ago, like over a decade ago, and I still remember them as if I just had them last night. There's something very special about these dreams. It's a mixed emotion type of deal, okay? Like, part of me is sad. Like, damn, that was just a dream. I I miss so-and-so so so much. The dream is so real. They were right there. I could touch them. And then remembering they're gone forever. The other part of me is like, wow, like, what an absolute pure, true honor that they are here looking over me and letting me know it. And I mean, how awesome is that, right? So as many of you know, there are so many different ways the spirit can communicate with the living. Phantom smells, which we've talked about before, special signs, gracing us with seeing their apparitions, visitation dreams, and the list just absolutely keeps going on. Paranormal researchers and paranormal investigators have the tools necessary to kind of help make communication a little easier. But for those who don't go looking for it, You have the tools too, my friends. You need to just have an open mind. Be open to the spiritual world. Use those ears, those nostrils. You get the drift. Whenever I have a visitation dream, when I wake up, I thank the person for visiting me. It makes my day. I mean, hell, it makes my week. Even now, I still think about those moments and I just, I can't help but smile. It's a special one-of-a-kind gift. I welcome these gifts. It's a unique feeling. Having these type of dreams, it's just so raw, absolutely pure. My good friend, Zach, he was only 19 when a fatal car crash claimed his life. At the time of his premature death, both of us were living out of state and racing to get back to the home state of Colorado. This was during... MySpace days. Okay, guys, there was really no Facebook. And if there was, it wasn't that big yet. It didn't blow up at this point. It was all MySpace. Okay, so a while back, way over 10 years. And so we'd message each other regularly talking about how epic the party we were going to throw together once we got back to Colorado was going to be. And yeah, kind of throwing some beer bong challenges each other's way. Well, he crashes in Texas, never makes it back home alive. Well, one night, it was shortly after his funeral, okay, I have this dream, this lucid, vivid, intense, real visitation dream. And I'm sitting on this bench, and it's sort of foggy. And Zach, he walks up to me, and he sits down. He looks me in the eye, grabs my hands, and just 
and just holds them. My mind is racing. He's gone. He's dead. What's he doing here? Is he okay? He suddenly speaks, answering as if he could read my mind, saying, Tessa, I'm okay. If it weren't for this accident, it would have been something else. I died young, I know, but I'm okay. And I know it's hard to accept it, but you have to. I'm in a good place. I know you're sad about my passing and not being around, and that's not going to change. But I know in the long run, you will be okay. He then kind of like shifts his focus, almost looking past me. And then he then continues speaking, giving me a message. I'm worried about April and Derek. Can you please watch over them? Let them know that I'm going to be okay because I truly am. You need to be there for them, Tessa. You think you're struggling. They are a lot worse off. You just really need to look after them. I'm truly concerned. So, you know, I, I wake up and I feel revitalized. I, a surge of energy just absolutely rushing through me. Zach, my dream. I mean, he was there. It, it was so real. In fact, when I woke up, I felt this like, I, I felt his presence very much right there at that very moment. And that's what I get when I get these visitation dreams. I feel that person. And this shook me. I wanted more. Not wanting to forget a moment of the special dream, I jump out of bed, grab a notebook, and write down the details. Never mind that it was around, I don't know, like four in the morning. I remember this dream as if it happened this morning, you guys, and not because of my notebook. I wrote it down in fear that I may forget it, but I've never had to read it, for it stayed in my head like an actual event taking place, an actual meeting. I had another dream, and not a visitation dream, or I really hope not anyway, but it had the same effect as a visitation dream. It shook me to the core. So it was so clear, so damn real. I'm outside and it's cold and dark and damp. And I'm standing there and I'm alone. Silence. The kind of silence that is like actually deafening if you get my drift. And suddenly the sound comes out of nowhere in the distance. And I walk slowly and weary, making my way toward the mysterious sound. Clank of metal coming closer. And as I walk closer to the sound, I can make out what the sound is. It's a shovel. Somebody's digging. The shovel hits the hard earth, tossing what little dirt it retrieved off to the side. Repeat. Suddenly, the area brightens just a little. Either that or my eyes have finally adjusted to my surroundings as it was like really dark before. I immediately realize that I am in a cemetery. One that I have been to countless times. That just is like three, four blocks away from where I live. So I walk past familiar headstones. The sound is so loud now, I can hardly stand it. The sound of the shovel digging away pierces my eardrums. The gravedigger comes into view. Curious, I continue walking toward him. Well, he's unaware of me. Either that, or if he did notice me, he's ignoring me and continuing to do his job at hand. Okay, I get it. I am suddenly right at the open grave. My friend Zach is laying in the ground, in a coffin. He is so peaceful looking, just laying there. Half of his face is normal, almost looks like he is sleeping. 
looking identical to how he did in his open casket at his funeral. I gasp when I see the other part. Some of his skin is decayed away and worms and maggots are writhing around. I wake up from the stream in a panic, covered in sweat and breathing loud and heavily, trying to catch my breath. What the living hell was that? And why did I dream up such an excruciating nightmare? It was so real. I mean, so much detail. Like you, I could hear the maggots moving around. Just so you all know, I had this dream first. And then a few weeks later, I had the visitation dream letting me know that he was okay. So it's just really interesting how that came about. I mean, is it possible that he knew I had this horrific dream and wanted to let me know that he is okay, like in a better place? Or did he really just want to send that special message to April and Derek? All I know is that both dreams affected me. One left me with chills, shaken up, and what have you, and the other just like, wow, words can't describe what I felt, like sincerely. Those of you who've had visitation dreams, you get my drift. You know what I'm talking about. So I was already friends with Derek, but only really kind of knew about April. I had never met the gal before in my life, but I knew how she looked. So I made copies of what pictures I had of Zach, mostly party pictures, and made photo albums for April and Derek. Well, I shared with them what he told me in the dream that he was concerned about them and to let them know that he was okay and truly meant it, that he was truly okay, you know, and that they would eventually be too. And I stayed friends with April for quite some time after that. So uh, many times we'd go to his gravesite and mourn him together. There are times where we would cry, other times where we would laugh so hard that we were crying, sharing stories from happier, more lively times. So we lost touch, but she is a mutual friend of my best friend, Jordan. I lost touch with her and Derek, but I'll never forget that message. Look after them. And for a long time, I did. These dreams occurred over 10 years ago, mind you, but they're still super fresh in my mind. So fast forward to just last week. It's mid-July 2019. I'm in Colorado visiting my boyfriend's mom, who has a gorgeous property up in the mountains. I've known her since I was in diapers almost my whole life. So she's definitely family. Her husband sadly passed away a couple years back. Anyways, I'm visiting her with my mom and my sister. And I have visitation dreams fresh on my mind, especially since, hey, it's this week's episode, you know? So a few days ago, I'm at her house in the guest room that I'm sharing with my sister, Casey. I lay on my side, my back is to my sister, and I stare at the wall, my eyes adjusting to the dark. Now, earlier, my boyfriend's mom mentioned something about signs. And so in my head, I have this like private discussion with her husband, who I have also known since diapers, obviously, an honorary father, if you will. So I say this to him. I haven't been here since you died. I miss you. And I think of you a lot. Is there a sign you'd like to share for your wife? And maybe if you like, you can come visit me in a dream tonight. I am opening my mind to this. You are welcome to come and talk to me. I would absolutely love that. So with that being said, I just kind of closed my eyes not to sleep, but try to make myself fall into a slumber, but that usually doesn't work. So I'm just laying there. I would say not more than like, I don't know, five minutes later, my eyes are still closed, but I'm very much awake. 
sometimes it takes me a while to get to sleep. So anyway, five minutes after I have this private discussion in my head with him, I am gently pushed. Gently, mind you, but it's not coming from where Casey is behind me. It's coming from in front of me. So I'm gently pushed. I feel a breeze. I open my eyes and a small shocked sound escaped my lips. I see this white mist form come from the direction of me being pushed and swiftly goes over me. And at the same time, I have a burst of energy and a surge of adrenaline shoot through my body. Now, mind you, I wasn't asleep, but I was laying in bed ready for sleep, totally in lazy mode, chill out mode, getting ready to go to sleep mode. This energy and adrenaline just kind of came out of nowhere. This happened three times that night, you guys, all not too far apart from the other. And I was awake for the whole thing. It was not my imagination. I did not dream it. This really actually happened. And so, yes, this is about visitation dreams. No, this was not a visitation dream, but it was so pure and raw and real that I just had to absolutely share this with you. So it was so cool. I felt his presence too. I really did. I felt him around and there's no doubt in my mind who it was. I almost woke Casey up to tell her what happened, but I ended up staying silent with my luck. I'd tell her and it wouldn't happen again, you know, and this was like this phenomenal occurrence happening. So, but it happened three times, my friends. It wasn't a visitation dream like I requested, but it was something very, very special. I felt his presence, then being pushed, you know, pushed might not even be an accurate word for it. It was just so gentle, but so noticeable. And my whole body moved. I just can't explain it. But this unexplained surge of energy, I mean, what a gift, you know, absolutely. So the next morning, we're all sitting at the table, the four of us, and I feel this, I feel his presence again. And I'm not pushed or anything, but I feel it. And I was going to say something when the right time came about. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's the right time. So I kind of motioned for my sister, hey, come outside with me real quick, you know? And so I share with her what happened the night before. And I'm just like, I absolutely have to tell her, you know, his wife, my my boyfriend's mom. So we go inside and I, I disclose the information to her what exactly took place that night. And she was thrilled to hear that there was some sort of communication. and. It was something that will stay with me forever, no doubt about it. And mind you, this just happened like five days ago. So like really, really recent. Then last night, my sister and I were hanging out with our dear friend, Angie Velasquez, and we were actually walking around in a cemetery in Alamosa. And you heard from her on the Phantom Smell episode a few weeks earlier. I asked her if she had any visitation dreams, and she said that she did. She shared with me that her grandma, who was super close to her, comes to her from time to time. But what's really odd, though, is that she doesn't speak. She just stands there and gives Angie what Angie thinks is a dirty look. And when she spoke of this, I was shocked. I mean, why would your loved one go through all that, you know, who you had a special bond with, visit you in a dream only to give you nasty ass looks? Like, come on, you know? So Angie thinks maybe her grandma is disappointed in her for reasons unknown to Angie. And Angie is a total sweetheart. And, you know, her and her husband own this awesome hardware business in Creed. And I mean, they're successful folks. And she is like one of the sweetest people I know. So I don't know 
why her grandma would be disappointed to me. That just doesn't sound right. I think there's, there must be something more to it. Maybe it's concern. Maybe it's a warning, but why not speak? You know, why not say something to your grandchild? Well, this isn't a spectacular raise you from bed with adrenaline. She didn't think it would even be worthy to share, but it is, it is worthy. I mean, each visitation dream is special, unique, and different. Some are meaningful. Uh, some are like Angie's where it's more cryptic and on the mysterious side, like what the, and another dear friend, Annie Weibel, better known as Weebs or who I like to call the Weebs shared her incredible experience when it comes to visitation dreams. And she wrote it down for me to read to you guys. So this is what she wrote. It's called precious time for the first two decades of my existence. I resided next to my maternal grandparents. My grandfather, Papa, was a comical character whose whistled tunes carried through the wind across our countryside home. Probably didn't do justice. Sorry, weeps. He was larger than life, both physically and metaphorically, and well known for his musical talents. He also had a knack for telling tales, including tales about my ancestors. A tale he told me as a child was in regards to my great-grandmother and her sisters. Papa claimed they had powers that allowed them to perform supernatural acts, often detailing strange things he witnessed them do. He stated that some people in their rural West Virginia home even referred to them as witches. He often called me my great-grandmother's name, Josephine. I had no idea at that time that these tales would be a part of my story with Papa that remains difficult to explain to this very day. In May 2013, Papa's health was declining. He had been diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor many months before, and his eyesight diminished from a progressive disease. Early in the week prior to Mother's Day, my papa visited me in a way I had never spoken with him before, in a dream. In this dream, I walked into my grandparents' house to find papa sitting in his favorite chair next to one of his brothers, who had been deceased for many years. Papa reached for me with his long arms and huge hands and wrapped me tightly in a hug. We were surrounded by family in the room, but in that moment, it seemed that only he and I existed. Papa whispered in my ear, I'm tired and I'm ready to go see my brothers. I knew instantly what he meant. His light was dimming and he was tired of fighting. I woke from the dream, tears covering my pillow, unable to fall asleep. Finally, I drifted off, still thinking of Papa's words. The next morning, I recounted the dream to a loved one who encouraged me to call my mother just to see how Papa was that day. I resisted, stating it was stupid to make her anxious over nothing more than a dream. Mother's Day was just a few days after the dream, and I was spending the day with my mom next door to my grandparents. That evening, my grandmother called my mother frantically, stating that Papa had become very, very ill 
and needed to go to the hospital. I accompanied my mom to pick him up and we took him to the hospital, then waited for the outcome of multiple tests. The news was not positive. The tumor had grown and Papa, ugh, he was becoming weak. He spent a week in the hospital before going home with the help of hospice care. However, hospice nurses were only required to visit twice a week, leaving my mom and aunts to care for Papa primarily. I knew I had to help. For the next two months, I spent weekends with Papa, helping feed him, administer his medications, and keep him as comfortable as possible. He spent his days in a hospital bed in the front room of their home. I slept beside him in his favorite chair. Many nights I would lay awake, just listening to his breathing, praying the next breath would come. Late in June, it became impossible to care for Papa in his home, and we were forced to make the decision to move him to a facility where nursing staff could be with him constantly. On July 2nd, I received the call from my mom that no one wants to receive. If I wanted to see Papa, I needed to come now. I left work immediately and drove to him, knowing the time was closing in. Late that night, my Papa passed into the next life, surrounded by our family, me sitting at his feet. I stayed in the room with him until it was just my dad, myself, and Papa's mortal shell. I kissed his still warm forehead and knew in that instant, my dream was not just a dream. I was later told by a close family member what my Papa's last words had been. Papa had been nearly comatose for days, the morphine easing his pain, but also keeping him from us. The day Papa passed, he opened his eyes pointed his long, thin arm towards the sky and muttered the words, Well, there's Arville. Arville had, in fact, been my papa's brother who appeared next to him in my dream. I knew that my papa came to me in a dream for two very important reasons. First, he knew that his time was drawing near. And I firmly believe he used the abilities that came from our ancestors to communicate this with me through my sleeping mind. Also, Papa knew that my mom and aunts would need help with his caregiving and that I had the capability of helping them in this way due to my medical training. I spent precious time with my Papa in his last days that most likely would not have been possible had it not been for his ability to share his love for me and our family through this special visitation. I love you, Papa. Ugh, weebs. So, first of all, thank you, Angie Velasquez, for sharing your encounter with your grandma, your visitation dream. And Annie Weibel, weebs, thank you for writing that and sharing that emotional encounter, you know, I mean, grandparents are so special, you guys, you know, they really are. And they are so precious. And some of us are lucky to have all of them still with us. And others, none. Me personally, I have one biological grandparent left. 
my mother's mom and I have my um, dad's stepdad who's been like Grandpa Ernie since I was a baby. And um, they're just so precious. So if you have your grandparents, you guys, give them big, huge, stinking hugs. And I'm glad that um, Annie's grandpa came to her and, you know, let her know, hey, time is coming close. And she got to spend that extra time with him. And that he actually got to see his brother. But I think that's really cool that he was like actually seeing his brother and that his brother probably helped guide him into the spirit world. So for those who are deep in the paranormal world, such as myself, if you've had one, you know, visitation dreams. But what if you're not a paranormal investigator, a researcher, a fan, what have you? There's ways to know if you've had a visitation dream. Again, they're just so lucid, so real. It can get physical a touch, a kiss, and so on. Like when Zach, he held my hands. You you feel it. And you remember it like it is a life event that took place. Separating itself from your other random dreams because this person is deceased. There's times where, like that night with my boyfriend's father, where telepathically, I'll share to the spirit world, to a specific soul. I'm opening my mind and soul to you to come and visit me. I welcome it. I honor it. And by golly, sometimes they do absolutely just that. Have you had a visitation dream or have you had an encounter with the paranormal that you'd like to share and perhaps for a future episode? You'll be famous, sweetheart. It'll be perfect. <laughs> I'd love to hear about it. Throw an email my way at paranormal.prowlers.podcast at gmail.com. Did you like this week's episode? Check out the other episodes. They're equally awesome. Subscribe to Paranormal Prowlers Podcast through your preferred listening platform like iTunes, Apple Podcast, Overcast, CastBox, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Podcast Republic, and so on. See you next week, my dear, sweet, lovely soul friends. Thank you.